on the bar to hand me my change. I thought about offering her the world. Instead, I muttered, Thanks. Soon enough, a second, then third beer, and eighth of the night, had settled into my stomach. Though I sensed someone was standing behind me, I paid little attention, letting my thoughts drift. Over the speakers, Bono was singing, and for a time I forgot about six grand lost on a sure thing at Monmouth Park, or being three months down in the rent. The music seeped into my body as I rode a wave of nicotine and alcohol, enjoying the solitude of my own little private Idaho. After finishing the last of my Marlboros, I patted down my jacket and shirt pockets for another pack, but found nothing. Need a smoke? I turned. The stranger was imposing. Heavily muscled, slick black hair tied neatly in a ponytail, tanned skin taut over chiseled cheekbones. He reached into the breast pocket of his charcoal suit and pulled out a gold cigarette holder. I took one, put it to my mouth, and fired up. Thanks. Worked with you two when they first started out, the stranger said. That's real great, I muttered. He stepped up to the bar, uninvited. The edge is a prick. My first time in Manhattan in months, and now I had to be bothered by some asshole musclehead bragging about working with a band. I didn't have to read GQ to think his fancy suit and mirrored shoes were too contrived. For a few minutes, the stranger did his best to force a conversation with me, and I did my best to brush him off. He'd ask a question or make a comment, and I'd offer a one- or two-word response. Look, man, I said finally, I'd love to talk to you, but I don't wanna. Out on the town, he said with a nod, no need to be bothered, right? Something like that, I said. I'll just finish this, he said, tilting back a seltzer. Whatever. But the stranger didn't leave, and it pissed me all to hell. I had a sudden compulsion to stick my fist down his throat. I turned to size him up again. Then something distracted me. A Barbie blonde straight off a South Beach postcard swept through the front entrance and moved through the masses. In a sea of brunettes her hair was easy to follow, and it was obvious from her flawless tan that she hadn't spent much of the past few weeks within a thousand miles of East 23rd Street. Not bad, the stranger said. She was more than that. Her self-importance was a noxious reminder of my bitch ex-girlfriend Danielle. For two miserable years, Danielle's voice was a constant rattle in my head, reminding me that I was a loser, that I would always live a lonely, dirt-poor life. My jaw tightened and my fist clenched. Just some pussy, I said. Dime a dozen. They all were. The stranger grinned. She's begging for someone to set her free, he said. I looked at him like he was full of shit. But he just nodded. She'd tell you if she wasn't so stoned. She'd say she needs a sugar daddy, a house in the Hamptons, a half-dozen platinum credit cards. What she really wants is freedom. For some reason, I decided to play along. And that one? I said, pointing toward a black chick sitting alone at the opposite end of the bar. The stranger seemed to study her, then said, 
Received some inopportune news today. She's debating whether to move back home, Indiana or Ohio, probably. But that would be a huge failure in her mind. You're a goddamn philosopher, I said. I watch people, the stranger said. Watch their manners, their expressions, what they do. There anything you're especially good at? Drinking beer. The stranger smirked, but he wanted a real answer. Played football a while back, I said. Quarterback, right? I gave him a curious look. At your best, what was that like? He asked. I had good field vision for my receivers, I said. I could see them all at once, without really looking. That's what I'm talking about, the stranger said. Me, I can read people, figure out what they want, what they need. Once I know that, then it becomes simple supply.